0: Welcome to Can You Hold My Attention? I'm your host, Eric Bruden. Thank you for listening to my podcast today. On this show, I invite some of the most important and exciting leaders in wealth management and fintech to discuss and debate the latest trends and hottest topics facing financial advisors today. But we're all crazy busy, so why should you take the time to listen to my show? Because my esteemed guests bring unique experience and insight these conversations, and there's no question you'll walk away from this with at least a few ideas on how to be a stronger leader and how to run a better business. These shows are always a blast because of the great guests and the interesting conversations we have. You can follow Can You Hold My Attention on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Stitcher. I have definitely been looking forward to today's show. NFL Hall of Famer and former San Francisco 49er quarterback, Steve Young has teamed up with some amazing professionals in his historic career. Montana, Rice, Craig, Deion Sanders, and Mayhew. Yes, that's right. Kaylin Mayhew, president of Merit Financial Advisors out of Atlanta, Georgia. One of the greatest quarterbacks and athletes in NFL history, has turned into a successful private equity executive. And three years ago, he and his colleagues at PE firm HGGC chose to take a minority stake in Merit, seeing tremendous growth potential in the wealth management industry and in the leadership qualities of Kaylin and Merit's CEO, Rick Kent. Steve Young's bet is paying off. Merit is one of the fastest growing RIAs in the country raking in acquisition after acquisition, putting 12 deals on the scoreboard in just the last year. Now at $9 billion in assets under management, Merritt just was honored as one of the top independent RIAs in the country by Forbes. Listen to this 24th episode of Can You Hold My Attention and hear why Steve and HGGC chose to take a minority stake in Merit. How the two firms utilize each other's strengths to assemble a strong game plan for growth, and how Kaylin and Steve Young match each other yard for yard in intensity and focus as they work together to build their businesses. Welcome, Kaylin and Steve. It's a real honor to have you both on. Can you hold my attention? Yeah. Thank you, Derek. You bet. You know, I'm going to make a rather riskless prediction here, and that prediction is that you both will easily hold my attention today, so I don't have any worries about that. You, you both have been super accomplished in your careers, uh, and your success clearly has not gone without significant notice, so uh, I, I don't think the audience needs too much of an introduction there. I know Kaylin and Merritt very well, and in full disclosure, we do some business together, and. So happy to be doing that business with Kaylin, Rick, and the team over at Merit. Uh, I'll admit that I have some chills just being able to have a conversation with one of the greatest NFL quarterbacks of all time. So I've got some nervousness in there, there, Steve. So maybe Don't you can worry. help me out. Very kind of you. <laughs> and this also marks a couple of firsts for the "Can You Hold My Attention?" podcast. Kay hey Lynn is the first female owner of a $5 billion plus RIA aggregator um, on, on our program. So it's great to have her. And Steve, you're the first left-handed NFL quarterback that I've had on my program. Uh, the right-handed quarterback was none other than Fran Tarkenton, who uh, I'm sure you, you, uh, you model a little bit of your game after during of your course. career, right? Of course. I mean, uh, we all did. We all did. That's great. And ironically, you know, he was a prolific running quarterback as well. And and uh and so I'm sure if I look in the NFL record book, you you both share a lot of the uh the the records as it relates to touch running touchdowns and yardage and all that. Uh but
1: well, yeah, I'm sure like you feel the same way I do, Derek, that uh what we could have been if we would have played today, right? So we, he and I both regret the fact that we played in a much more uh condensed tough uh sophisticated like closed areas you know where today it's just so wide open both of us just i think every day like why is that why am i not playing now this is the time
0: yeah Yeah, so much brandon said a lot of his running was was horizontal right uh and uh to mostly avoid you know six five defensive linemen coming after him with full steam like the lamberts of the world and the two tall jones That's and jones and, and uh but yeah the game is is completely evolved but so why don't we why don't we jump in and, and talk you know speaking of friend Tarkinton, he's gotten into he's used his connections over the year and he's in a business now that works with rias steve so are you with hggc Right. Uh, you're investing in companies, uh, in financial services, but can you tell us just a little bit about uh, your firm and and maybe why the financial advisor space is of interest to you?
1: Yeah, uh, so our firm HGGC is uh, located here in Palo Alto, California, and so because of that, in the middle of Silicon Valley, we have real tech expertise, and then now as technology kind of takes over the world over the last 20 years, um, we're the ones that are kind of speaking tech to all kinds of lines of businesses, and uh, and giving comfort and peace to the people who are being disrupted, uh, and then also giving uh, more legs to those that are just dis- uh, disrupting. And so, I think that we are a firm that's focused on partnership investing. That's all, all we do. And when I say that, it's it's that we are dedicated to across the table. Is not somebody. Who we're transacting with to take their business. We are solely looking to partner in their business. And in that partnership, I seek uh referenceability. I need you across the table at the end of our, our partnership, at the at the close of our of our run together, I need you to be able to reference me forward mm-hmm. because this is what I do. This is how I do it. And so I always say the people who are in partnership investing that most people rent here, you know, for the day, like, Hey, you know, I'm a partnership investor. I live here because I live here because I need that reference ability and I'm willing to work for it. And I think that's our whole organization. Our firm is built on, I'll use the medical terms. It is, I'm, a, I'm somebody that loves analogies, but it's my brother's an ER doctor. And that's, he's very transactional, right? He, the person comes in, they're in dire straits, he fixes them up and then, you know, he moves them on and he loves that job. And that's a private equity type of person, right? It's like I want to transact, I want where's my next transaction. And yet we're a family practice, right? We're a VIP family practice where we're going to develop a long-term relationship, we're going to work to to feed it and 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 service it in a way that's bespoke and unique. And we're just dedicated to it. And so we feel like we do it differently. And so in the RIA space, if you think about what RIAs do. They're service-oriented, right? They're family practices. They're, if you think about what their relationship to their clients is, it's the most intimate relationship in a business sense that you can have. It's their financial future. It's their financial present. It's their financial past. Right. And what my, our, what's our family looking at? What are, our, what are the things that are happening around us? And who can we trust in that trusting nature? And so there's a, I don't know, there's a natural affinity that we had. Uh, to the folks at Merritt and Kaylin, and and what we've accomplished together is to kind of further that spirit. Like, what can we do to empower the client base to feel more secure, to feel more uh, educated and prepared, and 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 you know, kind of in, 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 in empowered. I think that's the. And then when you do that, oh, what's the investment look like? How's the returns look like? It all comes out the. The other side, in a much more profitable, what I will say, abundant way, as you look out into the to the ecosystem of you know mm-hmm. our RA. So that's kind of how we met with Rick and Kaylin, and why it just we hit it off. And as we go, for, go as we get into our partnership, because we're like minded, there's decisions that you have to make that are kind of North Star decisions. Where are we headed? And when we're always talking about, okay, so how are we empowering our client base? How are we making them feel that they're being served in a way that, you know, is peaceful too? Like in these times, it was great for 2009 to 21. I mean, yeah, just throw a flag up and let's go. And then all of a sudden, the last couple of years, the expertise and this reference ability, the sense of we're going to work for you is really, I think, more important than ever.
0: Yeah, the Steve, you mentioned trust and and service minded, working for the client. I mean, I'm sure Caitlin would agree with me. I mean, those are foundations of of this of this wealth management industry of successful firms. I should say successful. Yeah, the, I, I agree uh,
1: with you. It cannot be them. transactional. You can't just be looking for the next trade. You can't be looking for the next. You've got to be able to service people in their homes, right? right. In 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 their place of business. You need to be. One to one present, and I think that's uh, that's the spirit of it.
0: Yeah, and Steve, you also mentioned technology, and I read you know somewhere it was either on your website or that you know you and HECC have been really working with companies that you know or industries that are behind the times with outdated technology platforms, grocery stores, car dealerships, marketing agencies, our industry, and again, and Caitlin, I'll let you expound on this, but I think is behind the times. Uh, but what trended in the right direction as it relates to technology? was that something that was interesting? not not because of Merit, because I know they're pretty far along, but just this industry, was that something you recognize as well in this industry? Well,
1: Eric, I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of folks that just aren't ready. you know, and and that's probably not our sweet spot. Our sweet spot are people like Merritt, who are sophisticated, are are ready. And then we can, in our partnership, Because of where we sit, we've seen the movie before, not necessarily in exactly the same way that Merit has, but we can bring to bear um, a a technology sophistication that can just add to and augment and build on what they're doing. And so I think that's another thing, the reason why it's a great uh, uh, partnership is because there's things that they were good at and we can make them great at, I guess, is the way to think about it. Yeah. Well, so and, Kaylin, let so me hear it. I'm sure you Kaylin's Yeah.
2: As you were sitting there talking, Steve, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think when, and there may be some people that are listening that are thinking about does it make sense to partner directly with a firm like HGGC? Does it make sense to partner? with a firm like Merit. Um, And I think the, the question has to be, where are they at and where are they going? And technology, I love that you've brought it to the forefront, Derek, that is driving the experience with the client. And that's driving the advisor experience and the team that's supporting them. And so I think we're all going to look back in the next decade and say that the the ones that rise to the top are going to be the ones that were. I mean, it's almost like we're a technology company first, and then a service company after, because that chassis really has to to be built. That is the next. Um, that is how we are going to be interacting with each other. And that's how we're going to be interacting with our clients. We're already there. And one of the things that HGGC really brought to the table, it, it allowed us to up our game. We got into some of their existing relationships and uh, they brought us tools, not only on the technology, but things like um, capital. Um, very, very important. We're, we're, transactionally heavy, when you when you look at what we've been able to accomplish together. We did 12, 12 transactions last year. In order to do that, you need to have access to capital, and you need to have that best in class technology, and you need to have the investment platform, the service platform, the financial planning, the tax services, and I think when we first went out into the marketplace and we determined, hey, it really makes sense for us to find a partner, we were thinking much more in um, the mindset of a capital partner. And I feel like through Wealth Partners Capital Group and through HGGC, what we've gained is we've gained actual partners. So, and and when I say they're 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 rowing the boat with us. They're, they're in the boardroom with us. We're figuring out what th- that, that North Star that Steve was mentioning. And one of the things, Steve, that you said that you wish you had been um, playing currently as far as in, in the NFL, because the game has changed. And I have to say, I can't imagine a better time to be playing in our game for everybody that's listening. There is so much potential in this RIA space. Um, we happen to be a hybrid, and I feel like that what that gives us is that gives us the ability to work with people that do need a FINRA registration, and we also can work with the folks that are SEC only. And I, I, I just I cannot imagine a better time for us to be in this space. the The, um, the industry is evolving, and there's so much opportunity on both organic growth and non-organic growth.
0: Caitlin, you, you and Steve, and as well as Wealth Partners. Consulting group, another fabulous firm, all came together. I think it was New Year's Eve of 2020. Um, so I can imagine all the attorneys and everybody rushing at the last minute to get this thing done. But uh, but what you know, I, what I noticed within HGGC and just looking at the talent, Steve, that you've got in your firm from a number of different industries. But you you've you've got a lot of talent. So Kaylin, hey what do you see within HGCC? What do they bring to the table? with experience from other industries that's helping your business.
2: Yeah, I, I think that our industry in particular, at least how I started out in the industry, we're we raised to be rogue individualist. Um, and I think that that is a, a mistake. I, I think we are made to be um, in community and learn from each other. Um, you've got the the warehouse mentality. You've got the insurance side. Um, you've got this uprising of the independents, um, and and I feel like if you go back in time, I, and I started in this industry about twenty five years ago, you you were taught a certain way to to sell. Um, you you were taught to go out there, out into the wild, and and bring in the clients and that's all changed. The the clients of today, what what they want is they want a relationship. They want comprehensive financial planning. They want someone that's going to take the time. And we've got really, really great advisors that we feel like should be doing things like advising clients and not out there trying to to bring in the clients from the street and so we've built out that marketing system and we've built out the infrastructure to support that and what steve and the hggc team have brought to to us is that outside of the box thinking and 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 they've been able to take this journey with other industries that have really moved into a professionalization, which I think is what has happened in our industry since smart money has come in. And and they've helped us understand the evolution of some of these businesses that have come before us in this cycle and the ones that have been wildly successful, what they've done. They've also brought a ton of um relationship capital to the table um, there are we've got a great lending facility as an example there is no way that this institution would have considered merit um, if it hadn't been the relationship with HGGC um, technology, I mean, cybersecurity has to be on the, the forefront of everybody's mind these days. And if it's not, it absolutely needs to be. And the tools that they have brought to us to shore up, um, you talk about there's probably only two things that could tear a company completely down um, that reaches a size like Merit. And that's compliance. You've got to be doing things right. And then I feel like the cybersecurity, it's the biggest threat that almost any industry has out there. And I feel like we're dealing with people's money. And so they've really brought a tremendous amount of resources in all of those areas. That's
0: amazing. And and Steve, at the risk of this sounding like the newlywed game here, uh, what attracted you guys to merit? I mean, there's a lot of $5 billion plus firms out there, um, a lot of successful firms. And, you know, what stood out for you and your partners when you looked at Merit?
1: Well, I I think it's that there was a, their Merit was going to do fine. They're going to do great. They're they're on their way. And it wasn't like, uh, uh, it was not a, uh, a heavy lift. These are folks that had it figured out, but yet there was a scaling and there was a the sophistication to the market not to the client because i feel like what i loved about merit was that the relationship and how they how they thought about service resonated with me and so i, I because of that we could, i knew we would we would get along really well because you have to make some sacrifices in the name of this service in the name of it's not if you if that's the north star then that makes all the other decisions a lot easier so when we were, we had that commonality to it then I could see that we could add to what they're like, well, I say if I'm good to great. Right. And I, I'm not saying that we're great. I'm just saying that together we're both good and we can be great together is the idea. And that's the sense of how I felt about it. Cause we've, we've been looking around the IRA space for a long time. And, and I think that's what resonated. And I think that's what continues to resonate is like just talking about it after a couple of years, think about it. We did it three months before COVID, you know, and right. it's like, Oh, the world is wonderful. We've been on an 11, 12-year run. This is the greatest thing ever. Let's just go together. And then, you know, you get, everyone gets punched right in the nose, right? And then that's why I feel so good about it. Now, two, and you have three years later, I, I'm like, all of those reasons why we partnered are just more rich than ever. And that's what I, that's what I love about being able to talk about it. Because we've been through, we're, we're in the middle of this, whatever this is you know and uh and i and i appreciate that because and i know it's because what attracted us is why i feel the way i do today
0: yeah well you guys you got knocked down but you got up real quickly and and as caitlin mentioned just over the last 12 months 12 transactions with merit financial uh i happen to know there's you know there's a lot more activity on on the horizon with you guys so you've come on unbelievably strong in the middle of COVID during some very, very difficult times. In fact, Merit was just named one of the top 100 private wealth management firms by Barron. So congratulations,
2: Kaylin. Thank you. And- yeah, it is, it is such an honor. And I love that award. There's lots of individual awards that we get when we get those team awards. That's what it's all about. It's It's our great team.
0: Well, I grew up in the RIA business, and I'll 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 just point out to the audience that Merit is the, the you're you're number eleven on that list, but the first and the only in the top twenty that's a true RIA, an independent RIA. And I there's a big difference there. And Steve, I'm sure in looking at the firms out there, independence in what Merit brings to to the marketplace and to ultimately to clients was important to you.
1: Yes. No question. And I, I think that there's a uh I don't know, private equity has some, you know, I mean, everyone has some different opinions about private equity. But what what the, the best part of private equity is to empower again. The the you know, the equity is not just equity, it's 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 empowerment. And so um finding the independent kind of RA specialists and seeing what they're cause they're defined, I think in many ways they define. The RA space because they because of that independence, and I think that's why we're energized by it too. Because there's like a it's like a greenfield feeling. Mm-hmm. Like what what are the what are unique ways that we can attack problems in our industry that we can go solve? We can go let's go look around. What's out there? What is the software that's out there? What's what else is out? What are people trying in other play? What can we? And then we have the scale to go prove it out. I think it's a it's a lot of fun to be around it.
0: Yeah. Well, it, go ahead, Kaylin.
2: Well I was just going to say one one of the big differences for us when we and we had many conversations through this process of of finding Wealth Partner Capital Group and um, HGGC. And I think one of the really attractive differences for us is they were placing a lot of confidence in our leadership team in taking a minority non-control interest. And I know that that's not how they do all of their investing, but that was really important to us given the stage of the business that we were at and that we continue to be at today. And I, I think it, when you're in that type of relationship, it's 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 just such a uh, such a great thing to be in a relationship where you're wanting to be in a relationship, not because you need to be in the relationship. And right. so and, and I would say that has been our um, mindset every step of the way with um, working with Steve and the HGGC team
0: let's let's shift a little bit to what's going on in this industry right now which is a lot of consolidation a lot this is a you know very fragmented industry as we all know and we're seeing because of demographics different trends in the industry a lot of smaller firms looking to hitch their wagon to larger firms who have resources uh that both merit and hgc hggc bring to the table So I'd love to get both of your thoughts on the consolidation in this industry right now and what role you're really wanting to play in this consolidation. So maybe Kaylin, you can start.
2: Yeah. So I I think we always learn more from our challenges than we do our successes. And one of the things that we learned really early on, we had done a number of transactions and we were trying to lead from a central nervous system. (laughs) And um, that's what got us to $4 billion, but it is not what has gotten us to nine plus billion. Um, We could not have continued that. So I think at least for us, um, and what I think we will continue to see is that there's going to be a a, um, a partnership that we're going to continue to look for, and that other firms are going to continue to look for in growth partners, and that want to own um, and have that entrepreneurial spirit, that that growth um, mindset, that fire in their belly to continue to grow, but they want to plug into an organization that has some things figured out that maybe they don't. Um, I came into Merit in a transaction back in 2017, and I look back and we were, I think we were like 600 million or so of assets under management at that point in time, but I was going to need to um, hire a, a CFA to spend on technology. I needed to have a, a CCO, full-time CCO, like, and, and literally I could have spent myself and the business into unprofitability. Um, just on the basic needs if I wanted to bring that $600 up to a billion. That's the kind of investment that I would have needed to make. When I started in this business, financial plans were on yellow legal pads and picking mutual funds was super simple. You didn't have these 10,000 different large cap funds to pick from. And so- the world has just gotten more complex, and I think as it gets more complex, the need to plug in and and to really specialize in things, um, this whole jack of all trades and and trying to be all things to the clients, I don't think it's sustainable. And I think we've seen that. Steve mentioned how difficult the last couple of years have been. Absolutely, it it, it is proven that um, there's just our, our world has gotten more complicated, and I so I think that this trend is going to. Continue continue i think that the trend will continue for the growth partners the people that want to plug into something and not have to build this out that they see plugging in is going to help them grow quicker um, and faster and better and they're going to have, clients are going to have a better experience and their team's going to have a better experience and then i also heard a statistic i'd be interested to to know if you've heard the same or if your research has shown this derek and um, that um, one third of the advisors are going to retire in the next 10 years. Yeah. We we talk about generational shifts of money on the client side and how much money is going to change hands from um, couple to a, a widow and and to the adult children. But I don't think anybody's really talking about this talent um, shortage that we have in this next generation of advisors. So I think the only way to continue to service those clients and those principles to benefit on the business that they've built and to properly monetize that. I think that these partnerships are going to continue.
0: Yeah, they will and the, the 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 next generation of advisors out there looks at the complexity of our business right now and they realize to what you said, you can't be a jack of all trades. You need to you need to be a generalist or a specialist and you need to, you need to form the right team to be successful Steve what's your perspective on on the consolidation you're seeing in the industry
1: well like anything uh there's ebbs and flows there's uh there's a frenzy and then there's a pullback and then there's like you you just and you got to be able to have a sense of um peace around that you don't have you know you're not we won't chase it we don't chase like we're fundamentalists, right? We, I don't know if there's the right word, but we're, we're, we build, we build off of the fundamentals of the business and we look for the consolidations that feel like-minded and that we don't, and and, and if it doesn't come, we, we wait, you know, we're not, we don't, there's not a fuse that's going to, uh, uh, you know, something's going to, uh, some kind of me- metaphorical explosion is going to happen because we haven't, you know, done more consolidation. Like I just, we're not going to do that. We're going to, Remember what our north star is. Remember what we're trying to accomplish. And if we can't do that and grow, then we'll just we'll just sit tight. And uh, and then if we can grow and we can grow really fast, and there's more like-minded people, and it uh, feels really natural, and there's a gravitational pull, right. that's when you know that it's ha- it's it's you know what it you know when it it feels right when there's a it feels like you're you're being pulled to each other, mm-hmm. and then off we go. And so that and if that happens really fast and that comes in a frenzy, we 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 have the ability to handle that. And I, I think that's the spirit of how we want to approach it. Yeah. Uh, uh, and be not. We don't want to be programmatic about it. We want to be principle-based about it. Yeah. And the principle-based approach uh, is a little less timely, I guess. Or or you know you, uh, you know you can't really plan for the principle-based approach. And that but the but the you know prescriptive way where we, we're going to do something and we, we have three months to do it. Go pick somebody. It's just not the way we
0: want to do it yeah you're being opportunistic and i think that's very smart um and it's tough to recognize those opportunities sometimes but sometimes it hits you in the face i mean you know you meet folks like rick and kaylin and and their team and like that together with what's going on in the industry that's that that's a glaring opportunity right there right So, Kaelin, I want to ask you about something that Steve said when he was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2005, because I think the the parallels are amazing to our industry. He said, football is a unique sport. There's no statistic, no touchdown or passing yard that is accomplished by a single person. The rarest of sports in that you cannot do it alone. And I see, like I said, so many similarities in your business if you and Rick have been the court you and Rick are the quarterbacks of your business, what are the kind of the key components that are contributing to the amazing results that you guys are filling the stat sheet with right now?
2: Yeah, um it is such a great comparison there and I would say it comes down to When you're in a growing firm and you've reached a certain point of scalability, you get the opportunity to work on your strengths and complement your weaknesses by bringing in really, really great people. Um, I think that our industry, I mean, how many businesses out there, how many RIAs? Have maybe a couple of employees, or maybe they have 10, 15. I think when I came in in 2017, I think we were like right at 16, 17 people. Even at that size, we all still had to be that jack of all trades. We all, I, I can remember it was the, the biggest joke. I was like our CCO and president, and you know, like all of these different titles. And it's like, what hat am I wearing? HR manager, in house counsel, you know, what, what. Hat What am I wearing today? And I think that this this whole concept of team, it it makes a great correlation into football because you're not going to put your your linebackers out there and have them practice catching the ball for hours and hours and hours. like You're going to have them focus on what they do best. And and I feel like that's what Merit's been able to do. We've been able to recruit some of the best talent because of the growth potential that they have in their role. And I think that that's why the, the firms are looking to merit to partner with us because we take away so many of those pain points that they have. Um, when you're a small business owner, um maybe maybe it is that HR component to where you're you've got a client service manager that left and now you've got to go out there, recruit, hire, and train. Um, and then you've got the compliance hat, then you've got the investment hat, the financial planning hat, the marketing hat, um, the, the development of your advisors all of those things falls to you. And then when they come in for our home office visit, sometimes people do it virtually and sometimes they come in in person. I love the in-person because you can actually see it in their body language to where it's just like, wow, I wouldn't need to do all of those things. And so I think it just gets into that specialization. So that's definitely uh, um, just one of those things that I could never have anticipated for myself, as well as all of the team members and our new partners that come in, what that specialization can do to re-energize you and 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 to really just put you in a situation to where you can provide the most value to yourself and to the firm.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's great insight. I love that the the teamwork part of what Merit's doing today and the the talent I mean it's tough finding the talent right I mean finding good talent that wants Absolutely. to be in Atlanta Georgia and and it's it's not always easy Hey Steve I was reading uh, I'm I'm reading your book My Life Behind the Spiral and mm-hmm. I learned quite a bit about you about you know I had much, no I didn't mean to... I,
1: I did that for my kids so uh, I, I I I don't want you to know that much about me. I...
0: <laughs> well now the world does and a couple of things one that you live your first couple of years uh in the nfl out of a duffel bag that was that was interesting um and uh and then also that uh you know your my pregame meal in college was like pancakes and eggs they wanted to carve us up and yours were power bars uh if i recall correctly uh Uh, before the game so learn a couple things but you know one of the things you you definitely jumps off the pages of that book is how important preparation and attention to detail was on your path to greatness as an athlete you were one of the most consistent and efficient quarterbacks of all time at BYU you set NCAA records for completion percentages in the NFL six times you were the you had the highest passer rating in, in the in the league. Um, so, you know, I know I know that that preparation is, is super important to you, but I'd love to hear from you as to what disciplines you embrace, you know, as you know, becoming an efficient quarterback and one of the best in history and and maybe some disciplines that you abide by today in your business
1: uh i can tell you that i joined the 49ers and obviously joe montano's on the team and wednesdays mornings were uh, when game plans were presented to the team and bill walsh used to stand up in front and install it all and and uh and we get the book little you know paper but you know notebook and with the three three whole sheets of whatever the coaches had come over over the last couple days as the game plan. And then as soon as we got it, we would kind of just start sifting through it because coach was going to start asking questions about it. And so smarter you got on it, the faster, the better. And I remember as as he would present, he would ask a question and Joe would throw his hand up and say, oh, yeah, it was, you know, that's that's that, you know, or and he's like, that's right, Joe. And I'm like, there's there's no way I mean, I just got this. How's it? And then he kept doing it. So I I got frustrated. I'm like, there's there's no way that I, I, you know, so. So I went to Mike Holmgren, the coach at the time, the uh, offensive coordinator. I said, Mike, uh, how's this possible? He just handed out. He goes, because he faxes it. We faxed it to Joe on Tuesday night. <laughs> and I'm like, I, well, fax it to me Tuesday night. You know what I mean? Like, let's go. And it just, it, it I think in that, I, I tell that story because in owning the data and i used to have I, had a, I used to have a whiteboard in my home and i'd come home and i would write in the the colored pens on the whiteboard the whole game plan with my writing and then i would just memorize it and my mind because i'd written it down i could memorize my handwriting and i could actually think it in my head later in the week and i could just go through it i could see it on the whiteboard and i had every detail of every you know red zone goal line third and 10 third and five third and one what you know i mean i had it every angle at what blitz pickups uh uh defensive uh um you know what what they do on this side of the football what they do you know it's like i had and i just had it all written out and so in owning the data is how i played well and that's how i knew i was going to play well so there's an expertise in going to school and I tell quarterbacks today, if you want to be great, go to school. Right. And and that's the last thing they want to hear, right? I'm the greatest athlete that you've ever seen in ever. And you're told me to go to school. Like, I don't want to go to school. I just want to go play. Right. And, uh, and the guys that go to school, Patrick Mahomes is one of them. And there's a reason why he is extending himself uh, amongst the group today, because he goes to school and Andy yeah. Reid. Andy Reid heard that story from Mike Holmgren, who was his coach of the Packers, and they passed down that that element of preparation that's vital to playing great football.
0: And what parallels do you see with the companies you're investing in today with that, you know, kind of go to school attitude preparation? I
1: just think that there's there's no shortcuts. There's no fast way. It's classic old school grind it out. Preparation expertise that's built uh and there's just in software enablements are really about in a way making things easier right faster um uh, less, less friction but the way to have it affect human beings and have it be useful uh is still the same thing there has to be an expertise involved in every bit of it and um uh, and I just, I, you know, I constantly think to myself, well, fax it to me because <laughs> I, I want to know it to yesterday. You, you
2: know, know there's, kind of... there's another parallel, Steve, as you were talking. And I know that professional athletes have a tendency to watch plays the next day or immediately following a game or a practice to where you're, you're, you're watching, you're looking back to say, what could I learn from this? It's a cultural thing. It's one of our core values at Merit, and I feel like other companies that embrace this concept can really um, they can really stand out. And it's that kaizen mentality, as far as that Japanese word for constant, never-ending improvement. We call it keep, start, stop. To where we do something, and then we're going to say, what should we keep doing? What worked out well. What should we stop doing because it didn't work out well? And what do we need to start doing that we didn't do? And so I think it, it, it there's definitely that parallel from a sports mentality to, and, and we've got a number of collegiate athletes. And I just love working with them. That mindset is pretty amazing. And so I think that um, if you if you look at that that mindset of always being in school, We'll say that often to where we we don't know it all. That is that is absolutely I think the scariest place that you can be is when you think you do know it all. And so if you've got that sense of curiosity, um, it's 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 going to bode well.
0: well. I've got a thought about this last question I want to ask you you both, but uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna couch that thought and, and love to hear your thoughts first. And that's you know we see a lot of talented people in our industry we see a lot of talented athletes out there today. And uh, I'm a big believer, I just, I guess, told you what I thought of hard work, that hard work plus talent goes a lot farther than just talent. And uh, but I, I'd like your thoughts on this. I mean, can you can you find talented people out there that they can get to the top without that element of hard work? Or is it just absolutely necessary?
1: Well, I, 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 Kaylin, you take that one. I, I, I feel like it's you know, without you take it. I, I'm not sure what <laughs> how to handle that one. You
2: know, my, my first instinct, um, Steve, when Derek was asking was the, the answer is um yes you can find folks that have had a good amount of success. And in in our industry, we refer to it as lifestylers, people that really aren't aren't having to work that hard to accomplish. they've They've built a business around them having just a really balanced, great lifestyle. And what I have observed in some of those scenarios, we've got some partners that I would say were former lifestylers that had Um, Maybe worked really hard in the beginning of their career, but maybe weren't working that hard when they came in. And all of a sudden, when they have a new challenge in front of them, and when they have other team members that are really putting in that 110%, they can get re-inspired. They can get excited about learning new skill sets. And maybe it's doing mergers and acquisitions in their area, and they've never done a merger or acquisition. Or maybe it's plugging into a certain niche market that they always wanted to be in, but they didn't know exactly how to get into it. And Now we've got these marketing resources to do it. And so I think that the, the answer is yes, um, but there, there has to be that, that desire for, for more. Sometimes it just takes needing to get inspired. So Steve, maybe you can see some other industries or go back to your sports day and, and maybe there was a player that wasn't doing the best or wasn't giving them all on another team. And under your leadership as quarterback, they, they were able to, to, to really up their game. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, I, I I punted that one because I I find myself, you know, uh, raising teenagers and college age kids, and in a world that is changing so fast, and you know, uh, you have kids today. Their generation is thinking, is there going to be another generation like that's actually in their mind. You know, they're worried. And so I'm like, well, no, we'll we'll figure it out, and we'll, you know, that's how we do it. But in their mind, they're they're not panicked, but they're worried. And it's like I think that there's something to um, uh, recognizing that we're in a place today that is like not only super challenging, but because of the super challenge, super opportunistic, and and expertise that can be built out of it. And I, I just uh, I remember Mark Andreessen, who started, uh, what did he start, but he's uh, Andreessen Horowitz now is an investment firm, but he, I it was, think it was uh, escape, uh yes, it was yes, yes, I think, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: and, uh, but he was at the forefront of all, of technology, right, of the, yeah. of the explosion of technology, and he was interviewed recently and said, you know, you must be so excited that you're in the, you're in this wonderful part of the life that, you know, that uh, this in history, this is the space where the most exciting things. And he goes, I'm really bummed out because the truth is I'm going to miss all the cool stuff. And so what he's saying is, oh, the, the world's going to be changing dramatically into the future. And we're not going to, what he's saying is "I it'll be like the Edsel, you know, I'm going to be known as the guy that was around when, uh, you know, the first tire was built, you know, that was inflatable. And uh and so when I think about the opportunity for for and and people who didn't couldn't do it and, and and found ways to to you know there's just so much opportunity today. But again, it goes back to will you grind through the education, will you grind through it? Will you put the time in? Will you become an expert in it? And uh I'm just thinking about the AI explosion in the last three weeks it feels like if not months or years like all of a sudden in the last week in my life I've had to deal with uh fraudulent video that showed me doing something you know that speaking words that I didn't speak right and then someone showed it to me just to show me how it works like hey how do you feel about this and I was I, I just was floored and I said, well, that's not, I didn't say that. And he goes, I know, but I produced that with AI. Yeah. You know, you read, you read recently about the woman who's thought her daughter was kidnapped because they had her voice. And uh, so the world, whatever you were thinking about before that you thought maybe the world's gone past you or anything, there's so much opportunity to kind of start to solve some of the bigger problems in the world and then what to do with it and how to do it and expertise to be built into it. Um, uh I just I'm I'm I don't know what to say about what my when my child's worried I don't I like even as a parent I'm not, sh- I'm not sure I have the answers I'm like let's live it out together and I guess that's what we're trying to do here and so I just I don't I don't want to uh, hold any you know any story I have about somebody who was struggling and then found a, his footing or her footing um, have have really still despite all the rigor still. It's, it's the same basics so I, I just hope that stays in the future so that because yeah. the world makes no sense to me
0: <laughs> yeah definitely exciting in, in challenging times and and as you said Steve grinding through it and and taking advantage of the the resources the people around you to help you to to help you find that answer to to these challenging times I think is um is is good counsel well look I want to thank you both for Joining me on the program today. You definitely held my attention. You, I'm sure you'll hold our audiences' attention. And uh and best wishes for uh the remainder of 2023. Keep getting after it. There's a lot of excitement out there, and you're right at the center of it, and you've got the right people going after it. So, congratulations and thank you again.
2: Thanks
1: for right, having Derek. us, Darren. Good to be around a 610 giant. <laughs> <laughs> not enough well, a-
0: to well, I'll have to get up to Palo Alto soon, Steve. And uh, I forget the place out there on Alameda de las Polgas. The uh, Dutch the, Goose. The Goose. The Dutch Goose. Yeah. How did I not remember that as a Stanford guy? The Dutch Goose. We'll go out there and have a burger. we uh, yeah, got it. We'll have John pay pop by. Exactly. We'll Street. have Popeye and pay for it. It's in yeah. his name, of course. Uh, all right. Well, thank you guys. Have a great day.
2: Thank you. All right.
0: Take care. Thanks, all right. Man. Bye-bye. Thanks, Caitlin. And thank you for listening to my show today. You can subscribe to Can You Hold My Attention podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, and Stitcher, as well as through our LinkedIn page with the same name. Have a great day. Stay safe.